When a seasoned sports fan teams up with a millennial, opinions may vary, but the debates assuredly won't disappoint. Check your sources. It's New Report, Old Report. Here's your hosts, John Lund and Al Renato. Yes, indeed. Hello, everyone. I'm John Lund alongside Al Renato, a.k.a. as New York sports radio fans know him, the great Al from White Plains. And this is New Report, Old Report. Here on Monday, June 3rd from 8 to 9 Eastern Time, live on Sports Radio America. If you missed the live show, you can catch the replay all week, also at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, or find the show as bonus content under the Bridge Sports Podcast, which you can find by searching for the Bridge Sports Podcast on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Spotify or really wherever you get your podcasts, as well as at LondonBridge.com. If you want to interact with the show, you can text in a question, comment, or complaints to 929-274-3437 or if you're brave enough, leave a voicemail with the same and we'll play what you have to say on air again by calling 929-274-3437. This week, the Warriors survive by winning game five. We're going back to Oracle one more time and we have complete analysis for how we'll get there. Check your sources, we're off. Now, what would be the odds that that was happening again, that that wasn't a new report? Was that a new report or an old report? That's what I'm asking. Is it a new report or an old report? Is that a new report? Well, we don't know. Well, Al, another exciting week of athletics. And if there's anything we've learned from this program, it's that the athletics portion of it does not disappoint. The NBA Finals could be over by the time we're done with this podcast or could continue to a game six. We are recording this in the fourth quarter of game five, a new tradition of the show to stay a little bit more on top of things instead of you guys listening to stuff that would be old news while you're listening to it. Be a little bit more timely here and an exciting game so far. Dismal news for the Warriors, heartbreaking news for the Warriors as Kevin Durant gets injured, seemingly the same injury he suffered a month ago. So we'll get into that. We'll get into the end result. But for now, how are things out? North of the border we go. That's where the action is. As Toronto looking for its first NBA title uh, in its years in the league. And they are seven minutes and four points away. Down three as we speak. Off a Golden State timeout. Uh, Since last we spoke. They have taken this series by a stranglehold, Big John. Folks, Alpha White Plans with John Tiny Lunt uh, as we are breaking down the killer be killed game uh, for Golden State in Toronto. Game five, as Toronto tries to wrap it up, they came out early and it looked like nobody's going to miss a shot. And Golden State uh, firing at will with the return of the great Kevin Durant. Knocking down trees every which way but loose. Durant went off early for 11 in the first quarter and was really, I don't know about you, John, but I, I was watching off the ball, both offensively and defensively, and he was taking nothing off. He was playing full bore at both ends in the half-court defense, moving on the offensive side. I saw a lot of cutting. I saw a lot of movement. I saw activity on defense. I was like, boy, he's moving much better than I, I you know. You think they're going to go out there gingerly? Well, that's obviously was not the case. You know, he came back when he was ready so he could play, it looked like, and go full board. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. He looked great in the game. He looked great in pregame. There was some video leaked of some of the warm-ups that he was doing before the game, and he was doing – Everything 100% seemingly. He pushed himself to what he would normally do in a warm-up, in a pregame. So that was a little bit of a surprise. As you mentioned, I would have thought maybe things would have been a little, little bit more ginger, as you had mentioned. He did go out of the game, get his leg wrapped again. So maybe that was an early warning sign that he wasn't completely 100%, nor did anyone probably think he would be able to reach 100% status. He felt he could play. He went out there and did. 
And unfortunately, the end result has him back to square one, injured, getting an MRI on Tuesday, and everyone seemingly fearing the worst. An Achilles injury, the calf, we're not sure what it is aside from a lower leg injury, they're deeming it now. But I will say, to this point, though, as you mentioned, we were talking about the series, of course, last week, and we're optimistic for what was going to come from it. We said Steph Curry had to take this series by the horns, and he goes out and almost drops 50, albeit in a loss, so he was listening to the show clearly. Did the result coming to this Game 5 with the Warriors now having to win three games to win the series, were you surprised that the Raptors were able to do what they did and take a commanding 3-1 lead? Uh, I, I really was not because to me, the Raptors pose without Kevin Durant. And look, I picked the Warriors to win this series uh, without Durant. I did not think he would return, as you know. I, I was very surprised that he came back. Um, so I picked them to win without KD. And despite the fact that there were some real problems, I thought on the matchup side, uh, the Toronto Post mainly their athleticism and their length. Uh, Ibaka had a huge, huge last game. Uh, Siakam has had big games. They've been up and down, but if you get the superior play from Leonard and you get one of those guys giving you a big game with KD out, and then, of course, you had one of the Splash Brothers, uh, Thompson, up for one of the games. If you get that along with the input from Ben Blake that you're getting off the bench, uh, the input from our Lowry, not every game, but you know, almost like every other game, it seems to be enough if you have the constant of the superstar. And there's been somebody chipping in, whether it be, Gasol, who's had two or three big games, whether it be Ibaka coming off the huge game, a big game one, okay, from Siakam. There always seems to be somebody riding shotgun with Kawhi Leonard in this series that has given them just enough of an edge. Plus, they've been really strong at the defensive end. Now, you can say that that has been helped dramatically by, in my mind, the best player in the game not being there. Uh, you know, the most versatile, well-rounded offensive player in the game, not being there, who also, you know, not being there hurts them defensively because he is one of their best defensive players and he is their longest defensive player. So he is a guy who could match up against Kawhi Leonard and you know, not stop him. You don't stop a guy like that, but certainly make it harder for him on the offensive end. And him being on the whole series, obviously, has, has proved you know, a huge benefit for Toronto. But Toronto, to their credit, has been very gritty, very tough defensively. Uh, they have really made, despite the fact they had that huge game that you discussed, they have made Steph work incredibly hard. And he actually looked worn out uh, last game. And that's where we don't appreciate, we forget about, oh, well, they're better. They don't need Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant, as I've said so many times, is their lifesaver. He is their preserver. He is always there when you need him. If you're a little short of breath, okay, that's where the ball goes. If you need a bucket, that's where the ball goes. If your half-court offense breaks down, that's where the ball goes. The Splash Brothers are tired or are cold. That's where the ball goes. He's always there. He's a constant. So this notion that you know, they're better off without Kevin Durant because they swept the Blazers and Draymond Green played better and you know Steph seemed to be moving more freely. Well, obviously they're going to have the ball more. The ball offense is going to run more through them. So of course they're going to have the opportunity to play better. But the notion that you know, they swept Portland and that makes them better without KD, well, my response is 8-1 with KD in the finals. Two titles, two MVPs. Going into tonight, 8-9 in the finals. In the games that matters most, in the games where it's all on the line, where it's 
You're playing for championships. You're playing for the ultimate goal. You're, 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 you're playing for the Holy Grail against the best that there is, okay, in the league, from the other conference. When it's all on the line, they got it done with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant came in and won two championships and won two MVPs. And then they lost one game in the two finals against LeBron. And meantime, before Kevin Durant arrived, and in this series without Kevin Durant, going into this game, they're eight and nine in finals games. Some people may say, oh, well, you know, they, they won more championships. No, they're failing less. Well, they, that's right, but they haven't lost with him. They haven't lost with him and they lost one game with him. That's a hell of a lot better than eight and nine. So don't tell me they don't need Kevin Durant. Yeah, is he a luxury? Absolutely. He's a luxury for the team that was you know, the best team in the league for two consecutive years. And then when they got him, they were the best team, period. Bar none, from beginning to end, pillar to post, sweeping their way through two finals. Now, struggling again in the finals without him. He comes back, and unfortunately, after uh, you know, barely a quarter, he goes down again with hopefully not an Achilles and just an aggravation of the calf injury. But, uh, you know, and you just, no matter how much of an NBA savant you are, you will never convince me uh, that they were better off without Kevin Durant. They're the better team without Kevin Durant or that, you know, because Steph and, and Draymond were more productive without Kevin Durant, that made them a better team. Uh, you know, now they're up two with five and a half minutes to go to see if they can somehow, some way, get this back to uh, what would be the final game in Oracle if they can get it back there for a sixth game. But I'm not surprised because I think Nick Nurse has done a fabulous job throughout these playoffs against every other coach who got a hell of a lot of publicity over and above him. Uh, Milwaukee coach, coach of the year. Coach Kerr, maybe a coach for the ages, but regardless, uh, you know, championships under his belt. And I think Nick Nurse has been the best coach in the postseason in the in the NBA playoffs so far. I would agree with that, and he's done so quietly. I mean, the Raptors have done this quietly. Kawhi has put together one of the best NBA Finals performances in all five games. Quietly, the loudest noise from the Raptors are the fans. Everything else, they're just going about their business. They win game four in Oracle. They don't show any semblance of emotion afterward. No celebrating, just stoic into the locker room. We have one more game to win. Really piggybacking off their leader, Kawhi Leonard. The joke that he is just, he's a robot. He's out there playing basketball, emotionless, Let's win these games at all costs. I'll concentrate on whatever off-the-court items need to be taken care of when the season's over, of where I'm playing next, where I'm buying a house, these funny, did you really say board man gets paid when you were in college? We'll deal with all that once we win this last game. It's incredible. And it's funny to see in sports, we sometimes want our athletes to just go out and dribble, to use a, an old quote that <laughs> ruffled some feathers and rightfully so, stupidly said, but we like our athletes to sometimes just go out and play. Don't show emotion. Don't show anybody up. Don't make it all about you. Win the game for your team. Well, now we have a prime example of somebody doing that, one of the greatest basketball players in the world, and still people are like, eh, he doesn't show enough emotion. I can't get behind this guy. I don't know how he feels. I don't know what's going through his head. I don't like it. Well, you can't have it both ways. Either appreciate what he's doing and accept how he is as a player and how he is as a person, or find another sport or another player to like because he's going out there and shocking performance every night. Tonight, and right now they are on the verge, courtesy of Kawhi Leonard, who has just knocked down 10 straight points, two threes, two buckets, and has jump-started Toronto down 97-95, uh, an 8-0 run, 103-97, three and change to go. And the Raptor fans are literally going crazy, and that joint is up for grabs. Toronto is three minutes away from a title, and Kawhi Leonard is putting in a down-the-stretch effort uh, to be 
memorialized, etched in stone, so to speak, because he's now taking this team on his back, on his back down the stretch uh, in the hopes of leading them to a championship. This has been a fabulous series for him. It's been an unreal postseason for him. Uh, back to the, the Game 7 shot that bounced and bounced and bounced and bounced again and somehow, some way managed to go in to end the series against the Sixers uh, instead of going into an overtime at home uh, for Game 7. They move on off of that remarkable shot. And now here they are, three minutes away from the championship in what has been a remarkable run Four straight against Milwaukee after being down 2-0 and trying to run four straight here. Uh, excuse me, three straight here after 1-1 with Golden State. And they are doing it with defense. They are doing it with rebounding. They are doing it with contributions from everybody. The little engine that could, Kyle Lowry in the middle of everything, whether it be defensively or offensively, uh, con- continually saying, we haven't done anything yet. We haven't achieved anything yet. We got to keep pushing because the championship team we're playing and their quiet leader, their quiet, brilliant player. If he pulls this off and this team pulls this off, who will be thought of as, if not the greatest player in the world, as we speak, certainly one of the two greatest players in the world, uh, either just ahead or just behind of the guy who went down tonight in, uh, in Kevin Durant, because he has been nothing short of remarkable then all of, if this comes to fruition, the offseason rumors, discussions uh, will start flying. They have already, but it will be turned up to the nth degree. On where is he going to go? What is he going to do? And who knows? But that will be the $64,000 question. Above all else, if they win this title, that really will take front and center. Above KD, above Anthony Davis being traded above all the rest uh, of the free agent K's uh, and Jimmy Butler. Uh, Where will Kawhi wind up if he wins this championship next season? Does he stay or does he go? And right now, uh, all he is focused on is leading this team to a championship, and he's just taking this, this game five completely over. And it was a quiet game for him heading into the fourth quarter. And that was working to the Warriors' benefit. On top of shooting lights out from three this game, which they had to do, Kawhi had a respectable 16-10 and 10 at one point. Didn't really get a chance to go off yet, but he bides his time. He takes the ball in the fourth quarter, and he's been money in every single game, including this one. He's playing the role that Kevin Durant used to be able to play with the Warriors getting the ball in his hands in the fourth quarter. I'll make the shot. I'll create the opportunities. Don't worry about it. Put the game on me. Unfortunately for Golden State, they haven't been able to have that person, at least in a game two where they were going to win it. T-O-O, that is. Because, you know, Steph goes off for 47, they lose. He was providing that offense. Not so much toward the end. They haven't had a chance, really, to allow someone to get the ball, go down, and make the important shots. And they're trying to do that now to somehow survive this game to move on to game six, but it's not looking good as we were talking about. That's what has separated Kawhi in this series. He's not getting necessarily the garbage 36 points or whatever where he scores a couple in garbage time. They don't really mean a lot. Or even in a loss, you look at a box score and say, oh, Steph did this or Clay did that, but... A lot of the points came into the third, and they didn't play much in the fourth. He's in all of the important moments, and I expect that'll continue to the end of this game, and it's been, it's been a pleasure to watch. He has no problem being that guy for the Raptors. I think they are reviewing a huge call because as we've been talking, uh, Clay knocked down a big step back three to cut it to three after a Karat. A Kawhi forced an air ball, then off a Steph Curry miss, a brilliant tip dunk, which they called off for offensive goaltending. But I think they are able to review this, and I think this goal is going to count by Boogie Cousins. And if it does, it will be back to a one-point game with barely a couple of minutes to go. I think that ball's out of the cylinder, and that dunk is going to count. And this is going to be a one-point game 
over the top view. That ball is, oh boy. Oh boy. If it's, it's, if it's on, it's barely, it's 103, 100, 159 right now to go folks in there in the process of reviewing this because it's under two minutes and this little, this call could literally go either way. From the naked eye, I originally thought it was out of the cylinder. When you looked at it from, from straight down, uh, that, that view from the top, from the ceiling straight down, it looks like it may be right at the, at the very outer edge of the cylinder, and they may keep this call as a no goal. Uh, and, and, of course, we're going to go to Steve Jaffe, uh, who was an NBA official forever, their, their rules expert. From the side, it looks like it's out. Uh, over the top, it looks like it may be just on the edge of the cylinder. I think they're probably going to let the call stand because I don't think it's totally, totally clear and convincing that it was uh, that it was out of the cylinder. I think it's going to be Toronto ball up three, which will be a huge, huge call. Bad basket aside from Boogie, yeah, it really has been confirmed. He's he's been the most important player for the Warriors tonight, aside from what Kevin Durant did in the first quarter, which they needed, and it looked like. If Durant was playing at that level that we saw in, in only a brief amount of time, obviously, and I'm sure he would have got significant rest in this game, but that looked to be what they needed as far as someone coming off the bench, providing a spark. That was going to be it. But Boogie's play this game is similar to what we saw in game two. Like, oh, that's what they expected him to be. Well, he, he looks he looks he looks much fresher. Yeah, he, he he looks better tonight. He looked I mean, tired. He, he looked he looked tired in, he looked tired last game. He looked very tired in Golden State. Absolutely. He, he, he looks much fresher. Much fresher. And I think there's a lot to do with you know just not being in game shape on a regular basis from being out for so long. I mean, you simply need more rest. You don't have your legs. And, and, you know, again, big guy, too. Tougher with big guys. Always tougher with big guys. Getting their legs, getting their wind back. Uh, But he looks much fresher tonight. In fact, he looks fresher tonight than he did in game two. Went down the stretch as well as he played. We saw him really running out of gas. And we are all nodded as the Splash Brothers have created two threes to tie this thing up. The six-point lead is gone. Minute 15 to go, folks. Uh, and we are all even at 103. And just when you thought the champ was ready to go down, they have gotten up and taken a standing eight, and they are still rolling. And if he knocks this down, indeed. Indeed, oh, my. Oh, my. Three consecutive threes from the brothers. Thompson, Curry, Thompson and a six-point deficit has turned into a three-point lead for the Warriors and they are suddenly back from the dead and alive and well in game five in Toronto. Holy cow. I'm just gonna Holy cow. I'm just gonna keep my microphone muted because your your feed is ahead of mine. So right now it's tied 106, 106. But I know it's coming. What a shot by Clay. That's what they need. Needed. Nine oh one courtesy of the brothers. And the champs are still breathing. My goodness. NBA action, what did they used to say? It's fantastic. It still is, baby. I am telling you. Uh, just a, a remarkable effort after it looked like Kawhi Leonard had completely taken this game over and was going to lead Toronto to the championship. And they simply would not quit showing the heart of champions, showing the market champions, showing excellence, showing brilliance, and simply not giving in. Not Letting up, not quitting. My goodness. 19 three-pointers between the two of them. A 9-0 run, three straight threes, and a three-point lead. Might need a couple more. (laughs) Don't be done yet. Still too much time. Let's make it four more and five more. Get it back to Oracle. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. 
He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report, here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. Were you surprised, again, to use this easy change of topic discussion? I knew it would come. You could just feel it coming after game three. The momentum started to build heading into game four, and then after game four's end result, you knew the flurry would come inside the organization, supposedly and reportedly, and outside. The catcalls of, where's Kevin Durant? Why is KD not playing? Is he milking this? Is he not going to come back on purpose? Why isn't he in the game? Everybody expecting to play in game four. I mean, that's rough. If you want to get your fake Twitter accounts out and chirp back at some people, I think that would be a time where you could look at KD and say, you know what, that was deserved, to chirp at these people that thought, "Eh, maybe he doesn't want to come back. Maybe he's not really hurt. Really? Well, didn't didn't we learn from last year? Didn't we learn from when San Antonio and Coach Popovich doubted their superstar? a superstar who had led them to a title and been an MVP. They gave him up in a a trade that was almost forced because of bad blood created by the fact that they would not agree or for lack of a better term, they would not assent to the fact that he was hurt, uh, that he was not ready. Their doctors disagreed. And even his own teammates, you remember, his own teammates, similar to some of these rumblings we heard today, questioning why he wasn't playing, questioning why he wasn't back. And lo and behold, you know, he's come back and been brilliant. Load management this year, part of the deal with Toronto, part of the trade, keeping him fresh for the playoffs and has played MVP caliber basketball. And now we see the same thing being questioned of Kevin Durant, of suddenly Kevin Durant is not playing, not because he can't be, because he chooses not to. I mean, you got to be kidding. These guys are champions. These guys are MVPs of finals. These guys are all world players. You don't get to that level by not wanting to play when you can play. That is absolute nonsense. I mean, utter and, and, and complete horse manure. And to listen to it today, I, I just couldn't believe it. I could not believe it that we're hearing it again. What's a, like we, we could argue about KD and his decision to go to Golden State after what happened with the Thunder and the 3-1 lead and, and how he's going to carry about where he goes to in his career and how people perceive him and being soft and whatever. The man wants to play basketball. That's never been up for a question. And to think that he wouldn't want to play basketball in the NBA Finals, next year be damned and max contract be damned, I'm putting the faith in he wants to be out there and play. Not any grudge or any reason to make more money. or He wants to be out there to play. This is the team he wanted to play for, the players he wanted to play with, and he wants to be out there. Are there things that I personally haven't loved? The Twitter accounts that he doesn't watch the game from the bench. He's in the tunnel after the game. I mean, the nitpicky things. But when it comes down to it, he's going to want to be out there. And it's surprising in sports that we do this, where we're so quick to make those decisions because well, we think we, we know. That's what we think. We think we know everything. And our judgments must be based on you know, what has happened in the last 12 seconds. No patience, no overview, no step back and make a rational judgment and a decision based upon a series of occurrences, based upon past behavior, based upon logic. No, no, let's instantly come up with something to make news. 
Let's come up with something to talk about. Let's come up with something outrageous, regardless of how disrespectful, asinine, or solely based, I, I should, not based in any way, shape, or form, in fact. Let's come up with something instantly that can make news, that can make headlines, that can move the needle, even though it has no merit whatsoever. Even though we know for everything we've seen from this player in his past history, that it would be nonsensical to think such a thing. But let's do it anyway, because he's not out there yet. It's just, it, it, it's so moronic and it's so disrespectful to the player that it boggles the mind that people who are bright, people who are educated, people who write for a living, people who talk for a living, people who follow us could actually think it. Now, would he have not gotten hurt if he came back in game six, which we're going to get to because we're headed back to Cali for a game six? We can't predict that, obviously. We, we have no idea if a couple more days would have mattered or if this was bound to happen anyway, especially if it's Achilles because, as we just heard, in injury lore, that's something that could easily get set back if you don't wait long enough and train long enough to get it strong again. We're not sure what that training process was. If there is a gripe for this, really the whole postseason, it's been how these injuries have been handled from the teams to the public. And it's stuff that I've been saying wouldn't fly, say, in the NFL. Vegas would burn to the ground. I mean, Kevin Durant was day-to-day, -day, it seemed, every day after his initial injury, and he didn't play for a month. Then we hear when Boogie gets hurt, he's out for the postseason. Okay, well, he's gone. He comes back. Clay's hamstring. Who knows? He's out. He could be out for the whole postseason, too. Misses one game. Kevon Looney, done for the year. Collarbone, we hear. Well, it turns out it was a vessel, something with the rib. He comes back. There was no affirmative decisions when it came to these injuries. It was like... The teams were hiding them, thinking that maybe... It was like being in high school. You know, you would hear your crosstown rivals player was hurt, and you'd ask the coaches, and they wouldn't give you any information, so you would prepare for them like he or she would be playing, and then you show up to the game. It's like, oh, no, he or she broke their leg. They're done for the rest of the season, but we didn't want to tell you. We wanted you to think he or she was going to play. Nice. That's, that's what this Kevin Durant situation has felt like that they're just hiding a bigger injury. Oh, he had a setback. Oh, he has to practice first. Then, oh, I think he'll be good for this game. Oh, and then the next day he won't be. It's been so frustrating just to not be able to get answers, which is fine, but in 2019 and in the culture that we're in, we expect to know everything immediately from x-rays and MRIs and doctors and the team facilities. We need to know when our players are coming back, and we have it. And it would be like being in the NFL on Sunday waiting for a game and eight minutes prior, like they did for the Clay Thompson injury, ruling him out eight minutes before the game, we find out this news. Eight minutes prior, yeah, Tom Brady's not going to play in the AFC Championship game. He, he's hurt. What? <laughs> the bookies would, the world would end now on the gambling side of things. And with Adam Silver being so proactive in the gambling world, that hasn't really been an issue or a factor. I haven't really heard this being yelled at about why we're not knowing anything about players' injuries. But that's neither here nor there because, as I just teased, the game has ended. The Warriors hold on by the skin of their chinny-chin-chin. 106-105. Kyle Lowry, great look in the corner for the game-winning three, the finals-winning three, to be the hero of the North. Misses it after Steph Curry was called for an offensive foul on the other end. A little shocking that he got that. Usually they would just let that go for a player of Steph's caliber, but that's neither here nor there either. The Warriors survive. Game six beckons. Good for the show. <laughs> great for the show. Great for the league. Uh, great for entertainment purposes. Lowry hits a layup to cut it within to cut it to one after a Draymond Green over and back turnover and then comes the offensive foul at the other end of the court um, Toronto 
doesn't get what they want early winds up with, as you said, Lowry with it, it from the start looked like a good clean look, but Draymond Green closed it out and got a hand in his face, but still, you know, a, a pretty good look for the championship uh, from the left corner. And it was short and the Warriors live on 106, 105, one more dance in Oracle. It will be a madhouse in a few nights for game six. Uh, I, I think I can safely say, uh, regardless of your recent diatribe, uh, that we will not see Kevin Durant in game six, uh, which is a shame. And uh, we can only hope that the injury is no more severe than it was uh, at the start. Uh, aggra- hopefully only aggravated and not further exacerbated. I think that's it. I, I would even think if it was something that he could consider playing through after how long he had to wait after the first injury, it might be to the point where there's no use risking it. Look at there's victory parade going outside potentially for Golden State driving by my apartment very excitedly. Another one going by. Let's take a quick break to pay the bills. He's Al Renato. I'm John Lund. We'll be right back with the new report, old report, here on Sports Radio America. We welcome you back. I'm John Lund. He's Al Renato, and this is the new report, old report. I thought this game in the second half, and especially in the fourth quarter, went the way you would expect on paper for it to have to go for the Warriors to win, and that's Clay and Steph going off and they couldn't have picked a better time to decide to do so. A 9-0 run between them, as you mentioned, and that was the game. After one of the things that the Warriors have done this specific series, the turnovers. It was 19 the other night. Again tonight, sloppy backcourt, over and backs, throwing it away, wide open dunks and layups for Toronto. That's been an Achilles heel for them. Uh, not, not to use that lightly tonight. Terrible on the turnovers, especially down the stretch here. Could have potentially cost them a game. Kyle Lowry, fortunately, hits the side of the backboard. <laughs> so in game six, now you need another miraculous performance by Stephen Clay. You need to hope that none of the role players on Toronto go incredibly off, which we can't say for certain, because the defense from Golden State has been pretty bad. There's been times in their losses where it's been, what are you doing? <laughs> tonight it was better. You're right. And, and better Boogie, to, better Boogie tonight, plays a role in that. Be, better tonight, especially down the stretch. So just like we saw the Boogie effort in game two, we see it now in game five. What will he have for game six? Will he have the same kind of energy in game six? that he had tonight, which was a huge, huge contributing factor after KD went down because he came off the bench, sparked them immediately with seven quick points, two buckets and a three. And then throughout the second half, both ends uh, on the glass, defensively uh, in the middle and cleaning up around the glass. Uh, He gave them the same kind of effort, the same kind of input, and the same kind of positive minutes in this game that he gave them in their game two win. But then we saw the recovery mode was not there for him in game three. He looked very tired, looked very tired in game four. So you really wonder what is there in terms of uh, his recovery ability uh, as they go back home for, uh, for game six, you know, with no Durant uh, and, you know, with the Splash Brothers uh, going literally at the top of their game. Tremendous performance by both of them today, especially down the stretch in the clutch. They were brilliant. And they did a good job on the defensive end in that last possession uh, in which they, in the last few possessions, they got the Lowry layup, obviously. But before that, they did an excellent job on on, on Kawhi, forced him to take some very difficult shots. Uh, Air ball, which was a, a very poor shot selection of his part. But a couple shots that were uh, one short, and 
what they had not been doing, they were able to buckle down and get it done on the defensive end uh, to give them the opportunity to come back in that last minute and a half, two minutes. If you're Toronto, I would still feel very good even heading into Oracle for game six. Really, really good thinking about, well, if we lose that one, we're obviously coming back home and we'll take care of business then. Just because now you can go back to designing your defense to say, let's not let the Splash Brothers beat us. We'll leave Iggy wide open. We'll leave Dre wide open. We'll make them beat us. We'll make the non-superstar Hall of Fame guys beat us in game six, and we'll hope that our role players can have a just one or two wow games. Not just okay or decently good, a couple wow games, and they'll be fine. Kawhi held under 30, just having 26. P.J. Siakam didn't really do much, a dozen points. You expect a little bit more out of him. And the role players were okay role players tonight. They did basically what their averages would indicate they would do. You just need somebody to play a little bit more above average. Your fear is that this gives the Warriors momentum. They've been here before, at least the majority of them. DeMarcus Cousins played a huge role. If he has a similar game and even does better in game six, that's going to hurt. But if you're the Raptors, I think you don't feel awful tonight. You didn't get it done. It was there for the taking, but you have two more chances, thankfully, and you have home court. You feel like you had a missed opportunity, but we talked the same way about this after game two. When I told you the Raptors are a strong-willed team, they've proven they can win on the road, they've done it in other series, they won at Oracle in the regular season, and lo and behold, they have not lost at Oracle this year. They went into Oracle and took the two consecutive wins there to go up 3-1 in the series. They have not lost at Oracle yet this year. 1-0 in the regular season, 2-0 in the postseason. They've gotten up off the mat every time. This is another opportunity for them to do so and feel good about themselves because they're up 3-2, clearly with the series in hand. They lost a tough game tonight. You don't win every tough game. You lose some. They lost a very tough one tonight. They had a great comeback. They were down. They battled. They took the lead. Looked like the thing was signed, sealed, delivered, and the champs wouldn't die. So now they have to show that they have the ability to step on the champ's throat and not only knock him down, but keep him down. They knocked him down tonight. And they got up when it looked like they weren't going to get up. They pulled themselves up with the rope and got their wits about them and landed three straight knockout blows and have sent this thing back to Oakland for a game six where I think uh, it is going to be another knockdown drag out battle. They proved they can play very well there. They played well at both ends of the court, especially defensively. They'll clearly be the fresher team because they're the deeper team. They're not going to be nearly as worn down uh, as Golden State is. And Boogie Cousins, again, we talked about it, the way his performance level varied uh, after his terrific performance and the drop-off uh, because we think he just didn't doesn't have his, his, his legs back fully. Uh, we'll see if that happens again, or is he going to be able to go out there and give the kind of effort in Game 6 that he gave in Game 5? Being in doing Game 6 we didn't Game 5, we're probably going back to Toronto for Game 7. But, you know, again, if it's going to be not a lot of help in the middle uh, against you know, Gasol and against uh, Ibaka, uh, then, and they're going to dominate inside on the glass where a lot of it's won and lost, then it's going to pose a real problem for Golden State because, you know, you must be able to rebound the basketball. You still must be able to defend the rim. And if he's not there to do it, I think it's going to be uh, the end of the series. And what we're seeing in this year's finals against these Warriors that we may not necessarily have seen in years past and even in this series, this postseason, I should say, Toronto can take the Golden State punch. They can take it in a win or loss, and they could take it during the game. There were times the Warriors this game went up 11, went up 12, had all the momentum, and before you know it, picked away 9-0 runs, 10-0 runs in a two-minute span. The Raptors are right back in the game.
every time the Warriors have seemingly come close to a knockout blow en route to a large point differential or even getting a win, they win game two, all right, come back out win game three. We're down 12, they just went on a 10 run, all right, we'll put a little run together of our own and come back. Toronto has quietly been able to handle what a lot of teams aren't against the Warriors, and that's being able to stay within striking distance and do just enough to give yourself an opportunity to win the basketball game. We saw it in game five. They're right there. I mean, that shot goes down, it's over. And that's what they've done for this entire series, and I don't see that changing for game six and game seven. And I'm not sure where that extra power behind the Golden State punch is going to come from to get them two more wins if Kevin Durant's not in the lineup. Seeing him back tonight gave you the moment of, wow, I mean, we might have a series here. This, this could go Golden State's way. He looks great. And in a snap of a finger, he's down. And to me... Without Kevin Durant, I don't see the Warriors winning this series. I can give them a game six at home, maybe. Say they shoot the lights out once more and, and have another epic game and send it back to Toronto, but I think they need that extra push, and that would have been Kevin Durant. And without it, I don't know where it's going to come from. I don't see it. Uh, you, 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 you like to think... Uh, that we we've seen anything and everything, uh, but you have no way of knowing. You have absolutely no way of knowing because this series has taken so many twists and so many turns based upon the caliber of the teams, based upon the health or lack thereof of certain players. There is just no way you can come to any conclusion as to what's going to happen. Uh, I'm, I, I, mine is based upon Boogie Cousins. That if Boogie Cousins is not able to give them the kind of input that he did tonight, I don't think they can win the game. But that's not saying that I know what Boogie Cousins is going to give them. I don't know. But the problem that I see for Golden State more than anything else is – the fact that they have to, had to put forth maximum effort uh, you know, in in this comeback tonight after having the lead, having it fritter away, battle back. I don't know if they're going to have just enough left in the tank uh, to rattle off three straight. Uh, but that's what champions do. That's what the Celtics did many, many moons ago. Uh, that's what the Lakers did many, many moons ago. The, 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 the great champions find ways to win championships when at the end of the run, at the end of the seven games, you find the losers shaking their heads saying the better team didn't win. Well, yeah, the better team always wins. If not for an awful officiating decision here and there that may cost the team a champ in a particular spot, but over seven games, what usually happens is the best team wins and it may not be the best team in a game for 48 minutes. It may take 11 outstanding minutes or it may take seven super gritty rough and tumble minutes where you prove that no matter what, you'll find a way. And that's what Golden State was the better team for a good chunk of the game tonight. And then it looked like when they got hit with the run that, this series was over. They're going to be new champions. And they simply said, not so fast, not so fast. They went to their existing strengths, which is their two guys. They're great shooters. They got stops at the other end and you know, the, the champs live on and, you know, for, for another day. What will happen in Oracle? I haven't got a clue. I haven't got a clue. I, I would be surprised if Toronto loses three in a row because two of them will be at home. But then again, these teams have already each lost two games at home in this series. Home court has meant absolutely zero in this series. Toronto's lost two or three. Golden State hasn't won yet. So who knows? I wouldn't count them out, I'll tell you that. 
<laughs> and they've looked loose. They were loose before the game. They'll be loose after this game. Golden State's been through a lot, and they've been on the other side of up 3-1. And what a narrative it would be to be able to erase that from their dynasty's history and come back from a 3-1 deficit, especially without the star player that you assumed would lead them to yet another title. Win one without him, come back from 3-1. The narratives are all there for this to be a historic comeback and win. But the narratives are there for the Raptors. But let's to also bring not forget. Let, let's also not forget that, and, and again, we never know. You take one link out of the chain, you have no idea what the end result would have been. You remove one variable from the equation, we have no idea what the end result would have been. But do they win tonight if Kevin Durant is not there early to jumpstart them and get them off to a terrific start? knocking down 11 points in the first quarter before he goes down and giving them a little bit of giddy-up back, right? seeing the spring in their step from the Splash Brothers as they all come out firing with their big man is back and they feel good about themselves. They're loose, as you said, warm-ups. They come out firing and they're rolling and they get themselves out to an early lead. Does that happen? Now, granted, they fell behind, but we have no idea what would have happened in this game and Kevin Durant never been in it. It's going to be an exciting finish. Al, it's always a pleasure. When we reconvene next week, we'll know who will be 2019 NBA champion. Should be exciting. Folks, the NBA has basically taken over new report, old report, uh, and it hasn't been Laker talk, all right, and the disarray of our favorite team. It has been nonstop NBA championship basketball. It has been a series I don't want to say for the ages, but it has been such a topsy-turvy series that you can't help but talk about it because the way it has transpired so far with teams that can't win at home with just the the injuries that have continued through the series, guys who've been obviously Clay missing a game, Durant missing the entire series until tonight, and looks like now out for the rest of the series – but the champs have shown their mettle. Uh, the challengers have certainly shown ours. And the best thing for all of us is that we are going to have at least one more game coming up. Game six, Oracle, which we now definitely can say will be the last game ever played in Oracle Arena. It should be uh, a sight to behold. We're all looking forward to it uh, for the great John Tiny one. I am Al Renato, a.k.a. Al from White Plains. Enjoy your NBA and take care. We'll be back next Monday night, 8 p.m. Eastern time here on Sports Radio America. You can listen at sportsradioamerica.com and interact with the show there as well or find us on the TuneIn app by searching for Sports Radio America. You can also follow John Lund under the same handle on Twitter at London Bridge. Thanks again for listening.